We've been talking about superheroes and uh, that they've been given abilities, uh, great powers, and how Christians have also been given uh, supernatural gifts, in a sense, abilities and powers. And uh, we've been given these gifts, and they're supernatural. They're not in the natural realm. And uh, talking about this, and talking about our gifts, and talking about using them along with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, that we can use these things uh, for the kingdom of God. And today we're going to be talking about God's purpose for the gifts and how they're to be used, uh, which is very exciting. But I know that a lot of what we've uh, talked about and presented raises more questions. Uh, is dodgeball a spiritual gift? Uh, I, I don't think so. It's uh, not listed there in the biblical gifts and some of the lists that we talked about in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. Um, is it a skill? Uh, yeah, it's a skill. Can you use a skill in conjunction with the spiritual gift? Uh, could you use your skill, skills in dodgeball and use it with the gift of leadership to lead a team and to, do, uh, to help uh, be an encourager or something like that for people and for Christ? Sure, sure you can do that. But uh, sometimes we have a lot of questions about, is this a, a spiritual gift or is it just a skill that I've gained? Or is this a natural a natural gift, something I was born with, an ability that I'm more uh, prone to do better than others because of the way I'm wired. Yeah, that happens. You know, um, you know sometimes um, there are people who are, are encouragers. I mean, we're all told to encourage others as Christ followers. We're all told to uh, share the gospel with others. Does that mean that uh, because I, I can encourage does that mean that I have the gift of encouragement? No, no. Some people, we're all told to encourage, but there are some people who are gifted with the gift of encouragement, and they're, they're powerful when they do it. So we're going to be answering a lot of questions like this that people have uh, in this course called Network that we're going to be doing four Sunday nights in a row, uh, starting last Sunday night in September. We're going to be announcing the location next week because uh, everything we do at Highland, we're always renting places wherever we're going. Uh, and so we've got to kind of know the number of people that are going to be attending this and rent the right facility uh, to be able to meet. Um, we are a congregation that's kind of on the move. We're always uh, loading in, loading out. And uh, you'll be seeing more about that as uh, we'll, uh, we've been filming our load-in process in the morning and the loading out. And it's quite, quite a, a process. Um, but we'll tell you more about that later. So, supers. Um, you know, one of the things with supers that we have in common is the whole process of discovering what our gifts are. That's an exciting thing, discovering what your gifts are. Like supers, our gift can be dormant. It can be, it's there. God has given it to us already, but we just haven't discovered it. We haven't figured out how to use it. But the bigger excitement over spiritual gifts is that there is a giver of these gifts who has given them to his people for a special purpose. Discovering our gift and learning to use our gift is not the end. That's not the end of it. It's when we step into the purpose for that gift, when we step into God's reason for giving it, that we begin the journey of going active as a super, going active with our spiritual gift as a Christ follower. In the animated film, The Incredibles, which you saw portions of, you have a family of supers who have been living undercover in their secret identities. The world 
they live in doesn't want the supers around. They don't want to see them using their powers. The dad, therefore, has taken a job uh, just to make money, make ends meet, and it requires none of his gifts, none of his special superpowers. And even his passion inside, which a passion is different than your spiritual gift, the passion to help others is squashed when he's at work. He's told not to help people. He's told to help the company. And uh, every day at his job, life, the life just gets sucked out of him. He is drained by not doing the things that he was made to do. With no purpose, the dad in The Incredibles loses focus for his family. And his family also needs guidance. And they need purpose too. And it's not until a turn of events where the dad is given the chance to use his powers again, to use his gifts. And purpose returns to him. And you saw some of the, the clips there where he starts living life with a little more focus for his family, more focus on his marriage. There's a little more excitement about that. But, and so purpose returns and also focus for his family when it does. But dad doesn't draw the rest of the family into his adventure. It's not until, until the dad is in trouble and the family comes to rescue him. It's not until then that they realize that they all function best when they are working together as a team. Their gifts complement each other and help them move past the obstacles that they face and encounter in their adventure together. In the same sense as the Incredibles, we are not meant to let our gifts lie idle and lay aside the passion God has put into us. When we do that, when we do things that we're not gifted to do, sometimes you, you feel just drained. Just drained. But when you use your gifts... There's something about it that you're energized. There's an excitement to it. We're also not meant to function in our gift solo or alone. Our gift works together with the gifts of others in our spiritual family. Not our physical family, but our spiritual family. And it is as a spiritual family we can fully step into our destiny, our purpose for the adventures that lie before us for the kingdom of God. Let me t uh, share with you what the scriptures say about this purpose. And where it's mentioned. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. There's purpose. Let's look at 1 Peter 4, 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Purpose. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. It was He, Jesus, who gave some to be, and then He lists five specific gifts, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. Again, purpose. Purpose, purpose, purpose. Remember, these gifts, they're given to us like grace. They're undeserved. They're unmerited and unearned. The gifts are all from the work of one Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. And He has given these gifts to each believer as He sees fit. God has crafted us in a specific way. We are told in the Scriptures, in Ephesians 2.10, we are God's workmanship. Some will say craftsmanship. God is an artist. And He's designed you in a specific way. And, he's, and the Scripture goes on to say, you're created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
you understand? There's stuff ahead of us that we don't know about yet that God has in store for us. Adventure that brings in us into the picture of what he wants done in his kingdom. And he's inviting us to be a part of that mission and that purpose. To use our gifts together as the family of Christ, the body of Christ. And when we do that, we're stepping into our destiny, stepping into our purpose. You know, if you're sitting there debating in your mind whether or not you have free will and how can God have things set up for us in the future, then you're missing the point. Okay? Here's the point. Adventure and discovery is ahead of you. Are you ready to discover the adventure? You should be asking not, how does God do that? You need to be asking, what does God have in store for me? Am I ready to do the good He desires me to do for His kingdom? It's exciting. There's something in store for us. Adventure, purpose, it's ahead of us. Will we be ready? Will we be unprepared because we have let our gift lie dormant? Will we be out on our own like the Incredibles' dad, separate from our team, from our spiritual family, unable to fulfill our mission because we've forgotten our dependence on our team's gifts? Look, the Lord's giving of special spiritual abilities is not random. It's not random. He has arranged us and fitted this group right here, this local part of the body of Christ. He's arranged us specifically as Christ followers to work together, many parts forming one body, to work together to fill His purposes. You know, I cannot say this any plainer than what the Scriptures already state. I want to look at 1 Corinthians 12. And and really, I'm just going to be sharing with you the words of the Apostle Paul and his instructions to the first believers about the gifts and how we are arranged together to work together to fulfill God's purposes. Here it is. You can easily see enough how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of His one Spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which He has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of His resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, His Spirit, where we all come to drink, The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, or you could translate that today, cool or geek, (laughs) slave or free, or you can translate that employed or unemployed, or I mean self-employed. Those terms are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all different, but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would it make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? 
If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. I just want to pause here for you to notice something. That God didn't put your ear on the side of your hip. He didn't take your eyes and put them on your back between your shoulder blades. You know, God has designed the human body with certain parts connected to each other directly and others not. Just know, just know this. Translate that little image to a spiritual image. Just know that if you're looking for your fit in the body of Christ, how your gift works together with the rest of the local body here, don't give up easy. Don't give up easy. It takes some time to figure out how we fit together. You know, sometimes if, you know, if I'm the big toe, you know, and I've been trying to hang out and, and connect with the hand and the nose, it, it's just not going to jive together real well. You know, the big toe goes down, connect to the foot. And so I, I take me and my gift, and I connect with someone else that my gift complements with and I work together with. And so even when the big toe goes and finds the foot, even there, there's a certain placement. There's an order of the toes. You know, the big toe doesn't go on the end where your pinky toe is. It, it, it all fits together in a certain arrangement. So just know that in, this, in the same way, in the body of Christ, sometimes there's certain gifts that work well together. And we look to find those people and how we can complement each other. Let me continue from 1 Corinthians 12. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic, and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose... Would you prefer a good digestion to a full-bodied hair? Good, good hairdo or able to eat and live and survive? Good question. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 27. Can't say it any plainer. So in our, our little super analogy, we're, we're not like the Justice League. You remember the Justice League? I don't know. I, I guess when I was a kid, it was, it was Super Friends, and it was the Hall of Justice, and they came together. Yeah. 
I remember that was pretty cool. And the only part where it got dumb when they got the Wonder Twins. You know, Wonder Twin powers activate. You know, the guy was always form of a bucket of ice. You know, it was just it was always boring. The girl was more cool. She could do in you know all these different animals. But anyway, you know, they got the Justice League now. It's 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 evolved into something more more cool from DC Comics. But but anyway, we're we're not really like the Justice League who form a company of supers, because it's different for us. In the Justice League, you, you got all these supers, and they can go off on their own. I mean, they work together, but then if they want to, they can just, hey, forget you guys. And they go off be on their own and, and do their own thing with their gifts and still be super in their gifts. In the body of Christ, when you go off on your own, your gifts are deflated. It's just not as powerful as when you are acting in connection with the body. You know, I know some of you are still discovering your part in the body of Christ, discovering your gift. But for those of you who do know, have you accepted your part? Have you accepted its inner relatedness to the rest of the body? Have you accepted the fact that we need each other? For some of us in our American culture where we've grown up to be independent, stand on your own, go out and you know, start the farmstead all by yourself and that sort of thing. I mean, it's, it's hard for us. It's hard for us to figure out how to be interdependent and connected with others. But we've got to figure this out because we're told that we are the body. We're the body of Christ. And so we've got to learn how to do this. Now, because you are significant, each one of you are so important, we need you. But don't get a big head because the kingdom of God needs you. Okay? This is all centered around God's extravagant generosity towards us. I want you to know that there is more than just accepting the truth or the reality of Christ followers receiving gifts that work together as a body. There's more than just intellectually accepting this, okay? There is acting upon this truth and stepping into your destiny, walking into the good works He has prepared for you in advance. You know, you, there was a little clip there with, with uh, Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, and he's looking into his closet. He's got a spider suit, and he's got his regular everyday man suit, and he's got to choose. You know what? It's Christ followers. We have that choice. You open up the closet. Are you going to step into it? Or is it just going to remain up here, some little intellectual idea that you have up in your head? You've got to choose. Let me share with you from the letter to the Romans, where the Apostle Paul instructs how to step into your destiny, how to take that super suit out of the closet and put it on. He tells about it right here in Romans 12 before he goes on to talk about the spiritual gifts. Here it is. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your intention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. It's Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And I want to pause here again before the Scriptures connect this thought to spiritual gifts 
because I want you to really hear, really hear the instructions for stepping into your destiny. In case you didn't hear what I just read, I want to say this again. Here are the instructions in even plainer language. Make yourself available to God and offer yourself to Him. Don't conform to the world around you, but instead be transformed, be changed, and offer your mind to be changed from the inside out by God's ways, not your own. What is the most difficult barrier standing in our way to stepping into our destiny, using our spiritual gifts for the kingdom of God? You know what it is? It's our busyness. It's our unwillingness to offer ourselves to Him and make ourselves available to Him. So does that mean, okay, I'm supposed to quit my job and go sell all my positions and go sit up on a mountaintop to make myself available for God? No. No, listen, remember what the Scriptures say. Offer God your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. You see, you just make yourself available right in the middle of your work. Offering yourself and your gifts right in the middle of your family life. Some of those adventures, those good works prepared in advance for you, are waiting for you. They're at work. Or events are there in your life, in the life of your family. They're just waiting for you. You know, all it is, all it is, is every day, it's as simple as this. You just come before God and say, Lord, I offer you my hands. Use them, Lord, for your kingdom. Lord, I offer you my mind. Lord, transform it. It needs to be changed. I give it to you to be used for you, to think thoughts for your kingdom. Lord, here are my eyes. Help me to see the things that you see. Lord, here are my ears. Help me to hear the things that you hear. Here's my mouth, Lord. Maybe an instrument for you to use and not to say the things that I desire to say all the time. Lord, here's my, my heart. I give it to you to move any way you please. Lord, my feet, take me where you will. Lord, here's my whole body. I offer it up to you as a living sacrifice to make choices for you that are pleasing to you. It's as simple as saying a prayer like that in the morning when you get up and rise, when you get ready for your day. It may be as you're driving down the road to go to work or you're riding your bike to work or whatever you may be, as you're walking to school, to offer yourself up, to give yourself to God. That's how you can step into your destiny. That's how you can step into finding the adventure and the purpose that awaits for you. You can do it. You can do it. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. Let me continue from Romans 12 so you can hear the connection and context of offering ourselves and how it's connected to spiritual gifts. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God had given me and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then as everyone, every one of you does in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what He does for us, not by what we are and what we do for Him. Does that make sense? In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of His body. 
but as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. And that's that. Let me sum this all up for you the past three weeks. When Jesus Christ entered into your life, He came with His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He made you a super by making you alive, taking a dead heart and making it alive, giving you the gift of eternal life. But He also brought you another gift with Him, and it's for you, a spiritual gift or gifts specifically given to you for use in the kingdom of God and to administer His grace to others. This gift is for you to discover, it's for you to learn how to use, it's for you to learn how to use and balance with the fruit of the Spirit that is also made available to you by the Holy Spirit. God designed your gift to work together with other Christ followers, not for you to work alone. God has adventures waiting for you, good works He's prepared for you to do. For you to step into this destiny, He calls you to make yourself available, to offer yourself and offer your everyday life to Him, and to offer it up along with your brothers and sisters in Christ. We are meant to step into our purpose together, but it is each of us as individuals offering ourselves to God, and that's a choice that you make. No one's going to make you do it. It's up to you. Many parts forming one body.